gosh, you might have to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Welcome to another episode of Let's Discuss It Podcast. I'm sitting here with Rachel from Recovering with Rock and Rachel. What's up? Yeah. How you doing? So I kind of want to go ahead and get into it with this whole discussion. You know, I've been listening to your podcast for the past month, and I've kind of binge um, heard it through times when I'm at work because I'm kind of interested on the perspective that you're all, you know, y'all are trying to give mm-hmm. when it comes to dealing with someone with addiction and actually having to care for someone with addiction. Right. What, what kind of point across are you trying to get with what you're doing in your podcast, you and Rock? Well, so uh, he was an addict um, for about five good years. He was an addict. And so um, he actually made the decision himself, not having anyone push him into it, mm. to... Um, to go through rehab and get clean. And so we're really wanting to just reach out to like other people who are struggling with addiction to let them know, look, you're not alone. You can do this. It's, you know, it's not as uncommon as you think it is. And my perspective is to just give the perspective of the people being um, affected by it because there's really... You always hear the addict story, but you never hear the people that were affected by it. But it's such a struggle when you deal with someone who you really love and care about. Go through a situation where it's, you know, we'll actually get into it later mm-hmm. where people kind of use addiction as a crutch. And if oh, it's yeah, actually sure. a real thing, mm-hmm. I know in one of your podcast episodes, you said, you know, some people use it as, oh, well, you know, addiction is real. Mental illness is real. And mm-hmm. maybe that kind of blends. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into that a little right. later. But when you deal with someone that you love and you're constantly seeing them going through a struggle or you see them get distant because mm-hmm. an addict will, it's like an addict can camouflage himself through any situation. Oh, for sure. You know, he's one of the best manipulators I've ever known. <laughs> well, how, and how I'm still married to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. But you know, but you, it was one of those things, too. OK, so when he sat you down on that Valentine's Day when he came home empty handed without yeah. a gift. What did you think when, when, cause I know how you thought, I know it's in your episode, but yeah. like for the people listening to this, like what went through your mind? Um, I immediately thought he was cheating on me. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because addicts have a good way of being extremely selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really all, their mentality is all about what they want, not necessarily what anyone else wants. So really it's funny because I thought he was cheating on me because I thought it was about me. Like right. I thought that he was coming home empty handed because it was something I had done or he was just done with me or whatever it was. But really he was out getting a fix is what right. he was doing. So when people think about a fix, they think about needles. They think right. about heroin. Mm-hmm. They think about, right. they, they don't see a fix as, oh, Opioids. well he just opioids right. or getting a lot of people think that right. being an alcoholic is an addiction. Right. Which it, it, is. it is. It is. And, um, it just People. wasn't his thing. Right. But yeah. And, and so addiction, it kind of draws into different forms where you feel like when people think of fix, they think of heavy drug use. Right. But and and at that point, he actually kind of was into heavy drug use. Mm-hmm. He um, was doing anywhere from like eight to like 16-ish hydros a day. Right. And then he was doing, um, of course, Adderall on top of that. And then also sleeping pills at night. But once the hydros weren't doing the trick, he Mm. started doing cocaine regularly. He used to do cocaine like 
recreationally. I know people who, I still to this day know people who do that recreationally, Mm -hmm. but which I'm totally against, but he did it regularly to try to, because the hydros weren't doing the trick, so he had to go to cocaine. And they told us in rehab that the next, his next step would have been heroin. Right. Well, because they, they they all lead into something. It's a gateway drug, Mm -hmm. most of it, right? Right. Is it like they're chasing their first high again? I don't think that's what it is. I think he just wants to feel something. I don't think it's the necessary, like, the high, which I'm not an addict, so I can't tell you what it's like. But I know just us talking, he Mm. was just needing to feel a certain way. Mm. And then when he didn't feel that way, he was empty, and he needed – he had to find something to get him to feel that way again. So was he unhappy, like – because a lot of mm-hmm. people, they're unhappy with their lives. Right. I don't know, job, stress. So right. they look at that to be like, hey, let me get into another ver- universe kind of thing. Well, I'll tell you how it started. So his mom was a drug addict for 25 years. She died a drug addict just last year, rest in peace. But she died a drug addict. She told him that she was going to die a drug addict. She mm-hmm. never tried to get help for it. So that sucked, and he he had to witness that. But, you know, that was just part of her struggle, and she knew she couldn't overcome it, which sucks because you can, but she just didn't think she was strong enough. And then his dad was an alcoholic for, like, 20 years. So he lived with both of his parents having addiction problems. And they, you know, I've read studies that say that, especially if both of your parents have addiction problems, there is a 50% chance that you are going to have an addiction problem. So the fact that he even picked up a hydro to begin with right. well, was dumb on his part because he knew that there was a chance the that he would be yeah. addicted well, he, to well, it. He's got, well, it's showing that his mom and his dad had an addictive personality. Right, exactly. So, so even, down. It yeah. was strong. It was strong in his genes. And he actually um, started taking hydros because he had, um, like, he, he's an athlete. Mm-hmm. He actually um, rode BMX when I was meeting him. He was a BMX rider competitively. He did it all over the country. And then he also rode um, motocross. And he was just into extreme sports. He has broke his collarbone like four times. Mm-hmm. The last time they didn't even set it. So it's like crazy. Oh, it's all jacked up looking. So um, because they were just like, you're going to break it again. (laughs) So they give him pain meds to help him with all these broken bones. And so it just became easy. And on top of that, his mom was doing pain meds, too, because she was a cocaine addict. So then she was doing pain pills and she had access to it. And you see what I'm saying? She was an enabler and. She it was she her son. It was her son, yeah. right? And so she's like, "Well, I have this problem. I know how it feels. Let me help you out." Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? You think she so, introduced him to it though? I don't think she introduced him, but I don't think she, you didn't know, stop it yeah, she didn't frown upon it. Well, think. you know, I was sitting here and I was looking at it, and I was listening to your your story, mm-hmm. your part of the story, mm-hmm. and as you're telling the whole story from beginning mm-hmm. to where probably about the middle of it, right? All I'm thinking in my head is like. Why didn't she push him to get help sooner? Because you right. did say it took a while for him to actually do it. After he, right. did, after he told you that Valentine's Day, what, mm-hmm. it took like a year? Yeah. Um, it, it, it took longer than a year, actually. He, you just got to know him. And I don't know if it's all addicts or just my husband, but mm-hmm. he 
is one of the most stubborn people you'll ever meet. <laughs> he, you cannot tell him to do anything. Okay, so we were together five years before he he um asked me to marry him. Okay. We lived together six months into our relationship. So right. we've been living together for a mm-hmm. while, right? Okay. Yeah. And I tell him, I'm like, year in, I'm like, I want to get married. If we're going to do this, like, let's make it official. As soon as I mention those words, nope, we ain't getting married, not doing it. If he knows that I, it's something that needs to be done, that mm-hmm. someone's making him do, he won't do it. I knew it had to be on his own terms. Right. Um, and I also have seen a lot of addicts, like, push to get help, especially, like, court-ordered. Mm-hmm. That's, to me, and, and if they've, and if anyone listening to this has been court-ordered and has actually succeeded, a lot of times it doesn't stick. Because you have to have it in your body, in your soul, to want to get help. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, then you're not going to get fixed. Yeah. And that's just it. Yeah, peer pressure can be a good and a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It just depends on who the person is. Uh, Sometimes the person needs to be pushed. Sometimes the person, if they're getting pushed, they're like, no, I don't want to. And and back to your question, though, like, I don't think he was unhappy. I think it just had a lot to do with um, he liked the feeling of it. It was a feeling, and he couldn't get enough, and he couldn't get enough. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just grew. And then it was like, we were both, I didn't help matters because we partied on the weekends and this was before our baby. Mm -hmm. So like I had nothing to settle Mm -hmm. me down if he was going to still party. So I was going out on the weekends and partying it up too. Well, you know, speaking of wedding days, what did he tell you 20 minutes before y'all got married? (laughs) He came in. I mean, I can still see it in my mind like it was just yesterday. So I'm like sitting there ready, like waiting for us to go out or whatever and all the guests are there and he comes in and he like kneels down beside me my sister standing right there like my sister had had enough of him all day like she was <laughs> over it so she was like in his face like what are you gonna tell her she kneeled down with yeah him. exactly <laughs> she's like bad thing. she's yeah. like i know you're talking to her but i'm in this yeah. and he's what, like, yeah, like what are you gonna tell yeah us? <laughs> exactly that's the way my sister was she's very protective but right. um he kneels down and he's like, so I didn't write my vows. Oh, my mm. God. What a crushing blow to the stomach. <laughs> no, right. When I heard that on the on the podcast, I was like, can you hit a woman in the face any harder than that? <laughs> I was already <laughs> upset because, I like I had mentioned in the podcast, like, we had some problems with, right. like, um, his his mom for example oh my God. she just she had like a billion things to do that day and she mm. didn't have a vehicle at the time which is okay. not surprising so she needed someone to drive her back and forth and do all this and i'm in the whole you know whole time trying to get ready you know it's my big day justin's kind of running around like a, a chicken with his head cut off trying to figure out what to do and of course him and all the groomsmen are drinking which is i didn't tell him not to because i didn't want to be that bride to be like no no one's drinking on my way right. to we're all walking out sober i knew that was gonna not gonna happen i had an addict husband of course nobody's gonna be sober so right. <laughs> um i was just like okay cool well this is just going to go down the way it goes down you know what i mean were you winging it at that point were you just unex- like because so when you he had to have known that he had to tell you that day. 
But he waited till right before. I don't know what was going through his head, to be (laughs) honest. And when I ask him, he's always like, I don't remember. Oh, that's a really good. Yeah, he always says, you know, I was using back then. I don't remember half the stuff I did. I was like, whatever. So I think he does feel remorseful about it now. Mm -hmm. We're always saying, we always say like we're going to do a do-over. Not like a whole wedding, but like just a, you know, renewal vows kind of thing. He should do it if, if, if he would, you know, if he listens to this. Yeah. He, he should do it privately. Yeah, of Just course. That's two. what I want. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's to what redeem, I want. To redeem, because like, oh right. my God, what a mountain you have to climb to get yeah, back up that next. Right. You know, that good grace. And know? I think he knows that too, though, like, um, that. I've forgiven him for just about everything that's happened, but not, I haven't sat down and looked him in the face and been like, I forgive you. It's just something that we've felt and it's, it's just, we're moving forward. You know what I mean? Like that was in the past. We're moving forward. Do you forgive him though? Like, I mean, I see, I, you say you yeah. forgive him, but do you feel like, because you say you can't look him directly and say, but like, isn't that an indication you, yeah. that you sort of. No, I could it? say that. I just haven't. Okay. I mm-hmm. mean, I, it's just an unspoken we know that that, mm. that I've moved past it. Right. But like, it has been, um, I mean, I've been damaged from mm. it, obviously. Like, um, he was never obviously never physically or mentally well I guess you could say it was mentally abusive to deal with that but he was not intentionally doing it to hurt me right but we've had some I mean I've seen him go through withdrawal I've done I mean I've seen it all and it's not pretty so anytime someone tells me that they are living with an addict or a parent is an addict and they grew up with their parent being addicted I can't even imagine as a child, especially go, growing up. And we've had a lot of people reach out to us. And most of the people who've reached out have said it's a parent. Right. And like uh, that hits me. Cause I'm like, I can't imagine him not getting yeah. clean yeah. and then Eden having to live through that. I would never put her through that. So for someone to not want to divorce, wanting to keep the family together and then a person being an addict, like I can't even, I don't even know what to say to them, to be honest. Yeah. It's tough. It well, is tough. Where did you think he went when he after the ceremony? Uh, to get to get a fix. But I like know, you said and, no and, one could and, find and him. using he was oh, using. Okay. Um, we couldn't find him. I, I don't. He still has not told me where he was, but I'm pretty sure he was just hiding somewhere because it was a big place that we got married at, and he was just doing drugs. He was just you know, how did can you, can you imagine just hiding somewhere? Yeah. And getting a fix. How yeah. did your uh, family feel about that? Like, like him being gone for twenty minutes? Cause you, cause I'm getting married in right. uh, December, <laughs> so um, the dance and stuff like mm-hmm. that is gonna be a big thing to me. Right. Just from them seeing you and then not seeing him, what did they react any kind of way? No, not really. My sister was more upset, I think, than anybody because okay, at this point, um, most people knew what was going on. Yeah. Uh, my family. I had already told them Your what was man? going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. I like know they. Mysteries. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> they knew um, what I was dealing with, um, but they had also known that he had expressed that he wanted to get clean. Yeah. So they didn't know. I don't think the severity of the situation, but I don't think they knew where he went either. They might have just thought he was hanging with his friends or mm-hmm. whatever. I don't think that they actually realized what was going on. Yeah. But, like, the people who were doing things, like the photographer, my sister, who was the maid of honor, and 
uh, I think those people recognized it more. But my mom was so busy trying to make sure everything yeah. was perfect. Mm-hmm. And my dad, same, was just focused on me that I don't think that they realized what that he had even disappeared, mm-hmm. to be honest. Actually, his mom didn't even stay for the reception. Wow. Like, she left. So For what reason, do you think? She was she was a drug addict, too. She just there I mean, was It wasn't only, because she didn't like you or anything. No, nah, uh, well, we did not get along, so I don't know if that had anything. I don't think she would have left her son's wedding because of me. Right. She's very strong, like a headstrong person, too. But I think she left because... She was just done for the day. You know, mm-hmm. she had done her part, and she was going home, and that's just kind of how I was used to those things. You know, when I sat there and I listened to your wedding story, and mm-hmm. then you had made the mention that you had paid for your wedding, you and your, who mm-hmm. was it, your family? Me and my mom. You and your mom yeah. paid for the wedding, and it didn't go anything like you thought. Mm-mm. Isn't that, wasn't that, well, to me, didn't, mm-hmm. You pay for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It didn't go the way you wanted. Mm-hmm. You didn't get the vow. You didn't get to listen to the vows, which is a really important right. thing of the wedding. That's kind right. of your proposal in front of God and community right. yeah. to express how you feel about this person in front right. of you that you're about to spend the rest of your life with. Right. When you listen to that, and when you when you didn't get to listen to that, and then you did come out of pocket to pay for that, and it didn't go the way you planned, isn't at that point were you just already on shooking ground when you felt like this right here was just temporary, like the marriage? Did you think it was going to last any well, longer? Well. I was, there was always just hope that it would get better. Like, there was a light at the end of the, t- end of the tunnel. I'm going to stick with him through this. He's going to get help. We're going to be fine. But, yeah, I think you, I had already paid for everything. Everything was so deep. Like, for someone to, like, walk away from a wedding, it takes a huge reason. I know people who have walked away right mm. before their wedding. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that was, like, you had to have a really big reason to do that. And I love him, and that was, like, enough to what I wanted. That was a good I reason wanted, to walk away, though. Yeah, but yeah. I wanted to marry him. I wanted I – lo- I loved him. I had been in it with him. We've been through so much. Like, even prior to his him coming out with his addiction, um, we had – we've suffered a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. When we were, like – we were, had been together two years, and I got pregnant, and I lost the baby. And so it was, like, we've been through a lot um, when – him and I first got together I was still technically married so oh, yeah. I was I going know you got married before this yeah not me <laughs> <laughs> that's okay yeah, I, was gonna say, I didn't think you ever got everybody married knows before. now <laughs> it's okay <laughs> it's totally fine it's part of my past whatever but you know after the, after you already got married and time mm-hmm. had passed and mm-hmm. you realized what you were dealing with as far as dealing with an addict you kind of wild out too though oh yeah for sure yeah. I, we got to a point where we were going out every weekend anyway because he was partying in a mm-hmm. certain way and I was drinking and I was like all and then all of our friends the friend group that we were in was doing the same so I thought it's no big deal I mean we're in our 20s we don't have kids why not and so but I became resentful because he would not come home during the week mm-hmm. um, at night he, like he would get home at like 11 at night mm-hmm. and then not tell me where he's been and I suspect then, anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Let me come home at 11 like even when I <laughs> like, he's the type that like if I ask a question, mm-hmm. that um, not so much anymore. But when I ask a question, he's upset that I questioned him. You know what I mean? Like, like there's why, no trust. Yeah, like why would you question me? Yeah. Why would you ask where I'm at? Like, but that was his way of hiding and masking what he was doing was to like deflect it onto me. Wouldn't a good drug addict kind of kind of tell you? 
even if it was mm-hmm. a fake lie, mm-hmm. tell you something to get that scent off of them that you're on but to them. But some guys or girls or addicts in general are good at that. You know what I mean? Like, they're good at making up a story like that, mm-hmm. right? My husband, you have to know, is a psychology major. Oh, God. And he got, so he yes. Used that to his full He advantage. got, yeah. Hey, that he, behavioral stuff. Exactly. Yep. He has a degree in psychology yeah. um, from the University of Tennessee. He's um, a really smart guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like I said, addicts come in all shapes and forms. It's not just a bum on the street. Like, he uh-huh. has a college degree. Somebody you wouldn't suspect. Exactly. He has a great job. Yeah. Right. He's, um, so he's not the type that you would think, If just I don't think by just looking at him, you think he does drugs. But, like, he um, was very good at turning a situation around to make it seem like it was I was doing something yeah wrong. so he made you insecure for asking him yeah what he was for at. sure so something simple like that yeah got flipped into you were exactly wrong like what him. are you doing why are you asking me that like you I told better. you yeah, yeah he's like I told you I've been working he's like look I had to run errands you know what I mean like he was always made me feel guilty about asking where he was so I just stopped asking I was like screw it like he's not going to tell me yeah. where he's going well, I push yeah. it right exactly and he's still to this day like i don't know where some of he had a couple of drug dealers and i don't know where all of them lived i know where one of them lived but a couple just because i followed them one night but like a right. couple of them oh, i don't extreme. yeah and, and i was pregnant too when oh, i followed him God. it was an ordeal but i don't know like i think that um he just he had a way of wording things to make me feel like I shouldn't question it. Isn't that narcissistic though? Yes, very much so. Yeah, but I think the drugs heightened that a lot um, because you can ask my friends even like he is a completely different person now than he was when he was using. Like I feel like I'm getting the real him now. Okay. Yeah, our marriage is. Are you finally awesome. getting? Are you finally getting to real him now, though? Yeah, that's okay, what I'm saying. So now, like, so it took this long. You've been together yeah, long? like long? almost ten years. Okay, and you're just mm-hmm. now. Okay, I feel like I'm just now getting the genuine, real person because where I feel like we our family's complete. We've got a kid now, and we've got different priorities, and hmm. we've got our head in a different direction, and and we're both going to church. You know what I mean? Like we're in a different space. And it feels like a brand new relationship almost. Okay. So but it's the, good. So like yeah. the um, the eagerness to see each other now because Is you're much, not dealing with the same Oh, yeah, person. exactly. Like he will video time me or like, you know, FaceTime me on his way home from work just to see me and Eden. That's you know illegal. what I mean? Before that's illegal, he gets home. Don't tell that. <laughs> 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 that's illegal. <laughs> but, well, I mean like before he oh, gets okay. home, you know, like when yeah. he gets off the truck, he's like, hey, what's up? I'm on my way home. You know what right. I mean? Because I think he's got a his, his priorities are different. They've changed. Did the you know? did the pregnancy stop you from wilding out? Because you oh had, for sure one hundred percent. Like uh, for example, I had been the day before I found out I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I had been out the night before drinking. Yeah, and then for some ungodly reason, I have no clue. But I was, like, at the grocery store, and I was just kind of being a girl, looking at my, my calendar, and I was like, okay, I'm going to be buying 
tampons or a pregnancy <laughs> test? I bought both. <laughs> well, you were on birth control solid, right, for that whole yeah. time? Yeah. So you just never expected that, right? No, not so at all. So you were like the little small percentile yeah, on the back of the package that exactly. said you could be. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when, you, when you're when dealing with a fact that you're about to bring another, ch- another human into the world mm-hmm. and you're dealing with an addict and you have mm-hmm. to tell that addict who probably didn't want kids from the beginning. No, he didn't. Yeah. Mm-mm. So when you have to tell them, were you scared? Did you cry? Was there a lot of crying involved? No, actually. Or were you just I was like- very um just kind of I'd made up my mind. Now, the day that I told him I was pregnant, mm-hmm. I there was crying involved. And that was in and I kept it from him for like a month. Oh, okay. I didn't even tell him but because what, I didn't want the that, reaction. Was that almost your gateway out though? Almost. To get away from that addict like oh, oh he's sure. going to run for the hills, yeah. right? Oh, for sure. Like I, okay, so for example, okay. So I told him that I was pregnant like okay so I, I had a miscarriage or whatever right. so I was pregnant and when I told him I was pregnant he cried like a baby mm-hmm. he was like I'm not ready for this I don't even know if I want kids you know what I mean like he broke down like a child and I was like why am I with this guy yeah. like <laughs> who is this embarrassed the crap out of me we had to go to the doctor to prove that I was pregnant whatever he Cried like a baby in the doctor's office. Oh. So was he... Was his face red and stuff? Oh, it was oh, awful. God. I've never Lord. seen him cry. That's the thing. He's oh. not a crier. If you've ever met God, this guy, I, you would never suspect that he's even cried a day in his life. Yeah. I he bet doesn't I look, cry. Oh, God, I bet I look ugly when I cry. Oh, it I don't was never awful. That's why you, you got uh, to cry by yourself. Yeah. Like, well, I, you, know, you have to cry by yourself yeah, and like, look in the mirror <laughs> and just start crying and looking at yourself. We all done that. Yeah. So I left the doctor's office without him i was like i'm getting out of here before people see me with this crying man like hey, they're gonna think that they're gonna think they told think he him pregnant. he had cancer or something like no like we're just pregnant so after you that know? event um that y'all found out you're pregnant mm-hmm. uh did he start using after that or was he using before he was using before okay but so, recreationally okay so yeah. when i found out i was gonna be a dad i mm-hmm. was 17 years old mm-hmm. um I was much younger than yeah. Him. I was <laughs> I was uh, doing marijuana. Yeah, and I was an athlete, so yes, I was doing muscle relaxes right. as well. Right. Um. And when I found out, like, you know, I cut mm-hmm. it out. You well, know, he, I knew it. So he had always done a little something, even yeah. in high school. You know do what you, I mean? Like it was think, weed, or it was he did roids, and yeah. you know what I mean? Like there was always a little something that he was dabbling in. Do you think that's why, like? Because marijuana is a gateway drug. Do oh, you think sure. that went to what he did uh, doing like cocaine? No, I don't think so. We actually both, um, mom, please don't listen to this. <laughs> we both were smoking weed when we met. So, huh. but like even up until the time I was pregnant, really, I still smoked weed pretty right. regularly. So yeah. like he, but he didn't even smoke it as much because he was doing other things. Right. <laughs> it was yeah. much harder. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't, and I, I don't like that's like I said. I think that's why I think it's a mental illness. It's a disease because even I cut I cut alcohol and weed out like that. Yeah. Like it was no big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think there has to be a mentality there that you have to have that 
drives you to keep going to keep going you know, you know what I mean? when it comes to an addictive personality like you said you mm-hmm. cut it out completely yeah like under the snap of your fingers yeah. you put it down that moment even you cigarettes i used to smoke cigarettes i just put them down one day i think the last time i got drunk or high was on project the, the day i graduated project <laughs> graduation i got so me me and i hope i can't say i almost said their name don't say <laughs> me that and whoever point them out yeah you actually do uh we went to sonic we got super, super drunk on hypnotic. Please, mom, I love you. Uh, <laughs> super drunk on hypnotic. And my mom went to my project graduation. How she never, and she still has that disposable camera that they gave us. I don't even want to develop it. We still have it, and it's not developed. You'll uh, never develop. I got super high, super, um, you know, tipsy off All that right. hypnotic. And I'm not a drinker. But from that day forward, I didn't do it again. Yeah. And it was because I, you know, I love my parents, but my mom right. was a heavy smoker. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. She quit. She's, I think, almost a year. That's great. No smoking. Yeah. My dad drinks, you mm-hmm. know, you know, I'm not saying he's an alcoholic. Right. He does drink, right. you know, often or used to. Mm-hmm. Not probably not as much anymore. Right. But I saw where the addictive personality can kind of come from. Right. And I didn't want to be a part of that yeah. early on. Because, right. I mean, you see people our age who do do it all the time. And mm-hmm. I, oh, God, I got to tell you about somebody we went to school with. Oh, God. That is who you would <laughs> never think. Mm-hmm. Is, a, is a drug addict, like right. full-blown drug addict. I probably know. That's the thing, though. Like, once you've been with an addict, you can spot an addict from far away. Even if it, like, of course, if somebody's doing meth, they're, like, scratching, and there's those obvious things, like their skin is awful. That's an obvious thing. Yeah. But I've picked it up with people's personalities, mm-hmm. the way they act, like, just things they say excuses they come up with how they look just how they carry themselves too how they carry themselves i can pick an addict out of a crowd just by speaking a few words to them just Mm. because i've been exposed to it now not just him but like we go to the meetings and you know all that and you see different types exactly i've seen you got a whole range of different addicts for different things well most of justin's friends are uh, are now his friend group okay. um, are mostly um, recovered addicts, yeah. and they're great people. That's the thing. Like these are some of the best people you'll ever meet, and it's such a sense of community mm-hmm. that once once someone's feeling having a down day or they're low, they will rush to pick them up. It is the greatest thing you've ever seen. Um, my husband's sponsor is one of the best people I've ever met. Him right. and his wife both are recovering addicts, and they're amazing people. Some of the best people I know. And they have some crazy stories. We're actually doing an interview with him tomorrow okay. on our podcast. And, so, I mean, the stories they can tell. I mean, it's like, it's super interesting. It's almost like I mentioned in my podcast before. It's almost like Wolf of Wall Street kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yep. That is, people live that. You know, not maybe so much in like the, you know, throwing the money everywhere, but they live the, you know. The fast life. Exactly. And you think that it's just in movies. It's, it's real life. Well, you know, you, the reason this whole podcast was, you know, with me having a discussion with Mm -hmm. you is because like you said, people don't see your side, Mm -hmm. but they also don't hear the inside story of the struggle that people like who deal with addicts Mm -hmm. go through. Mm -hmm. And so the main question, my main Mm -hmm. question from this whole thing is right. is addiction real and I'll, I'll, and I'll tell you yeah, what I think 100% um i think that justin's life is a complete testimony to it uh just seeing his mom and his dad struggle mm-hmm. like 
she has he was basically an only child his dad had um a son he had a half brother his brother was an addict i mean it is it has affected so many people that if if addiction wasn't real mm-hmm. it wouldn't be so many people suffering you know what right. i mean like you hear people dying of overdoses a lot of the overdoses now are contributed to like fentanyl being put in drugs that's horrible that's the word it's almost like people are poisoning Didn't other people Michael Jackson died no he actually was overdosed by his doctor okay. through through i for through iv medication i think that was uh, mac miller yeah mac miller died yeah from he was doing either heroin or cocaine one of the two and it was laced Laced with with fentanyl it's the tiniest bit will kill you Uh and so this actually all of that came out after justin had gotten clean and it was i mean the best news i've ever heard that he was clean and now this stuff is on the on the streets then thank god he's clean now because it could have been him you see that you know they're 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 sort of like disguising it because what you said Mm -hmm. he um your husband was an athlete right yeah he was taking Mm -hmm. painkillers so i mean you hear about a lot of athletes nowadays get addicted to stuff like that like why do they do that you know what i'm saying so why do they get addicted to it or why do they do like why do they push it because i mean so the nfl doesn't want them to do marijuana right. stuff like that okay i'm for marijuana if it helps obviously right. it does help and then they're making a big deal about that but yet they're giving them pain medicine. pain medicine mm-hmm. for a knee for a shoulder and that's where it starts off to no, where they go to heavy more stuff um i think i mean you can never tell yeah. what's gonna happen and it all is all in the dosage too yeah like uh i know there was a there was a big drug bust here in jackson oh, yeah. um yeah with all the doctors uh, really in west tennessee and well the rock doctor they, I'm say it cause I don't right like <laughs> well i worked for him so i got to see it firsthand too so yeah. that was ridiculous I don't like him. he was an arrogant dude when he, i met him yeah and, he was and what's funny is actually this is totally off subject but i i had spoken to several people who were very interested in to know what i knew about what went on in his practice how long did you stay there um, I actually helped him start Preventogenics, uh-huh. and then I uh, was he dissolved the company that was within the company, if that makes any sense. There was a bunch of different companies that were involved, and the one that I was involved with got dissolved by the other partners because they didn't want to be involved with okay. them, which, who did? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people who did were crazy. But that's a whole different story. But, um, you know it's all in how doctors prescribe it to you mm-hmm. if they continue to prescribe it continue pr- to prescribe it then of course you're going to keep yep. taking it mm-hmm. but then when they cut you off you you're going to find it you're going to find it somewhere else or you know because you're used yeah. to what that feeling is you yeah. felt great but i feel the same about adderall there's all these people taking adderall for college college and, and, yeah. and, and concentration I've that stuff that is basically meth you're taking meth. It's like a speed, right? Oh, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I've never taken Alert, an you stay up. It's worse. It's one of the worst drugs. And people are going to sit there and say, oh, I'm not addicted. I have a prescription for Adderall. You better watch yourself because you probably are addicted. And people promote that kind of thing. I've mm-hmm. seen a couple people on my Instagram, like, took my Adderall, and now it's all nice study thing. And because I'm, since it's given to you by a doctor, yeah. you think it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not. Pain medicine's just the same. People are in such denial. They're like... I take pain medicine because I'm prescribed it My back so yeah. well, you know, it's like, yeah. what, so what, you know, like, well, you're prescribed it, but are you abusing the prescription? Yes. It's all in the mindset. Yes. Like if you convinced yourself that you're not, 
you know, that you're doing this the way the doctor told you to. Right. It's still, you know, there's such things that Holy Trinity Mm. doctors will prescribe that's super illegal that they shouldn't do. But that's, you know, three drugs, muscle relaxers, you know, things of that nature. You take it all together, it's a mix for disaster. It's like a cocktail. Of it's like, like a cocktail of, of just the worst things you can. But take you in your feel body. nothing, I think. And right. oh, yeah. I've never took it, but I've been told like you feel yeah. nothing. So that's why you think that it's. But is addiction a disease though? I believe it's a de- or is disease. Or a mental illness? Um, I believe it's a disease. Um, and the reason for that is genetics. Okay. Why would you, like, okay, for example, I have hypothyroid disease, meaning that my, my thyroid doesn't work um, quick enough. It's slow. Right. My mother has hypothyroid disease. My aunt has hypothyroid disease. My, mm-hmm. gram, or my, my grandmother's sister had hypothyroid disease. It runs in the family. It came down to me, uh, just like kind of like diabetes. My grandfather had diabetes, and my cousin got diabetes. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, it it runs through it's a disease addiction has shows the same patterns you know you've got this person who's addicted this person who's addicted mother brother father and then it runs down to your children and we are determined to let Eden my daughter know first up front from the beginning your father had a an addiction had an addiction problem your grandfather your grandmother had an addiction problem you pick it up there's a good chance that you're gonna have it too i think it's all in lifestyle and how you you know feed yeah. the beast you know some mothers actually are like who are gonna be who are pregnant mm-hmm. they're addicted and it passes on to the child before they even right. have a chance i saw one and it made me tear it's up awful. because as a parent you, you just don't want to see that mm-hmm. and this little baby just been born and crying and shaking and you can tell oh, and it's withdrawal. so yeah, and yeah. it's so sad because they didn't even have a chance right. and they were already exposed to something that people go through now it's 20 a, and can't even right. deal with it. It's a disease. It's definitely a disease. I do also believe it's a mental illness also. I think, but the That's mental illness. Think, to an extent. The mental illness is wrapped up in the disease. It's Your brain is affected in this disease yeah. is how I feel about it. I know it's very controversial. Everyone says addiction is a choice. Yeah. Well, that's because you've never been addicted. Is it, well, they're or kinda, you've never been affected by someone addicted. They're trying to put it in the same category as being gay. I get it. It's not a choice. It's not a choice. Right. And they're saying, well, this is the disease I've been dealing with, and it's just, you know, however yeah. they explain it. Well, and they're trying to say, well, if you're trying to say that's a disease, then, you know, you have the gay community saying, well, I'm dealing with the same type of thing, thing, and they're calling being gay a mental illness. You right, know? right. Well, that's all in perspective. I feel yeah. too, but diabetes. Yeah, that's a, you that's don't, a legit disease. It, exactly. Yeah, legit, but legit. how do you get it? It depends on your lifestyle. Same with addiction. Yeah. Well, type it one depends, and type two is different. But right? yeah, but you see what I'm saying. Yeah, but a no. lot of people only get the diabetes, even though it's been in their family. Mm-hmm. They only get it because of how they've they took care of themselves yeah. kind of the same so that's just my perspective i'm not a doctor so i can't say but that's just how i know how i was affected i know mm-hmm. how my husband was affected and how his family was affected and i just think that yeah i i would say it's definitely disease so y'all have a daughter right mm-hmm. okay i'm, I'm making sure because mm-hmm. i don't want to mess this up yeah so when she gets to an age will y'all tell her you know what y'all been through or mm-hmm. y'all just because i feel mm-hmm. like it's important to tell 
uh, that it happened so close that way. They're like, well, I can go a different way. Obviously, y'all are perfect and more better. Right. But some people don't Definitely want not it. perfect. <laughs> some progression people, is there. Yeah. Uh, I'm some, perfect. Some, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> some people don't want to expose it to a child because lately, nowadays, people mm-hmm. get so sensitive and mm-hmm. they don't want to be you know taught though that right. this world is cruel and anything no, she, you do. she definitely needs to know i think that his mom camouflaged it even though he knew that she had a problem he's not dumb like he could see but like uh he i think if she had not sugarcoated it and been like okay mom has a problem mm-hmm. you know what i mean or if his dad had said i have a problem you know what i mean i think that he would have been less likely to be like, I'm just going to do this for fun. And mm-hmm. I'm cool. Nothing's going to happen. If he had known his risks, like my mother, uh, alcoholism runs in our family right. on my mom's side. And my mom has never had a drop of alcohol because she doesn't even want to go even through. Exactly. That. God, That's I what she said. I know. She's such a pure soul. <laughs> <laughs> I love her to death. But she... Yeah, she just, she's never, it's not because her friends didn't do it and she never felt the peer pressure. She had been surrounded by alcohol. She just did not want to even open the door right. to that. So, yeah, I mean, that that's true about Jay, too. Like he said, mom was on smoke, you know, mm-hmm. smoked pretty mm-hmm. much all her whole life, quit, like just like that, cold turkey. And mm-hmm. then dad, mm-hmm. he drank more back then uh, and mm-hmm. he slowed down. And me and him went out like two years ago, but he, you know, he right. just danced and stuff, but I would drink and I would, you know, take a sip, but yeah. he would not even, even look at it or, you know, I not mean, even get close to it. You just don't want to open the door. Yeah. Just yeah. don't. Just I just keep don't it feel closed. a need. I don't feel the need of having a hangover. Kind of the or, same though with our sobriety now. Right. Um, I say our sobriety. I still drink wine and, and stuff occasionally, but we just don't put ourselves in the position to, um, be tempted i say we as a couple like i will go out with my friends not very often we I, we get out occasionally right. but i'm but he doesn't go out at all and so when we're together as a couple in a couple situation like there's some friends that he has that still have parties at uh. their house but we know what's going to be happening there so a lot of times we just avoid it we just don't go over there at all but he also has a very soft spot about it because he's afraid that people are going to be like kid gloves with him. Like, right. you know, oh, like, are you oh, okay with us, like with with us drinking in front of you? He hates that because he hates feeling like he's a nuisance. He, exactly. Yeah. And so there's a weird line there. But for, for example, we went to a party. It was a stock the bar party. He's mm-hmm. the best man. So we felt it is we need to be there to support him. And so we went over, had fun, mingled a little bit. We didn't stay very long. Of course, people stayed for a long, long time. We, we only stayed till about nine and he dips. He still dips. Like there's always going to be some sort of addiction, you know? Right. So he dips and he needed something to spit in. So he grabbed an empty beer bottle and uh. was spitting in the beer bottle. And somebody who's an acquaintance of ours, we're not like super good friends, but we're friends with him, yeah. comes up to him, pulls him to the side. And he's like, are you okay? Are you good? Because he had the beer bottle. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, do you need to talk about anything? I would hate to go out and somebody do that to me. And like, ju- yeah. So it own. bothers him. And he's like, dude, I'm cool. He's like, I'm spitting into the bottle. He's like, I'm should have tipped the glass. Right. He should have tipped it. Right. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm. I'm great. 
Well, like, he shouldn't have to explain himself anyways. That's what he feels like. He feels like he has to explain himself or... Or people are like, are you sure? Does he get mad good? when people do that? Because I would get, I would probably get mad get if somebody, because it's none of their business, to be honest. I think that he doesn't get mad. I think he understands other people's perspective. Okay. I think it just kind of like makes him feel like, okay, enough. Crap. Crap. Yeah. You know, I'm always going to have to it, defend myself yeah. somehow. Because of the, because mm-hmm. of his past. Or be right. on all the time. Where right. Where he has to show like he's improved, you know. Right. Um, I got one more question sure. before we yeah. wrap this up. So you're open on your podcast about everything. Pretty you, much. I've, I've heard Justin's story. Mm-hmm. I've heard yours. Mm-hmm. I've heard everything that y'all have had to talk about. Mm-hmm. Are you worried in this day and age with the way bullying is going mm-hmm. that when Eden reaches a certain age and y'all are still doing this? Yeah. And other parents catch on to this. Yeah. And they're like, I don't want you hanging out with Eden because her parents. <laughs> we're an addict. We're, in the, we're, we're addicts. I don't want her hanging out with those people. <laughs> yeah. So. Do you I don't feel, want you to hang out with judgmental people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but do you feel like that will kind of affect Eden in a way when someone's like, I can't hang out with you. Your dad does drugs. Um, no. That would, no, because. To me, that would hurt my you know soul. It's, you, know? But you know what's so funny, though? Because it's yeah. like, I don't know. I think once people get to know Justin, they don't even think about that, I don't yeah. think. I'm talking about people who never met Right, no, that's what I'm saying. But, like, that's the thing, too. There's so many people out there who are addicted mm-hmm. that will never admit it or don't um, show it. It don't show because it because they're just regular exactly. common people. So I feel like it honestly affects way more people than you let on. I everyone that has written to us discreetly about what they're going through, you know, doctors, you know, wives and and you know, lawyers and people of like good stature in the community are are struggling and not most people don't know that's why we call it you know anonymous like we have that pact with this community that we keep everything closed door so if someone is gonna say that you can't hang out with eating because her parents or have been exposed or they're there used to be drug addicts then i wouldn't want her to hang out with those people anyway uh, to be honest because this like I'm not trying to get real biblical on anybody right now but like I have been saved recently and I feel like it's it's has to be said like throw the first stone Mm -hmm. if you are without sin yeah and that's all I would be able to say to them like if you have not done anything wrong then go ahead judge us well I love what y'all are doing with the podcast I I listen every time y'all post I listened to Justin's recently on how he's keeping himself busy and how he has to have a project yeah well Mm -hmm. you know back then his project was getting high right now it's i gotta find an initiative to move forward Mm -hmm. so you know i love what y'all are doing i you know i can't wait to listen to more i'm glad you came on i love to have justin on and i love to talk to him uh be more in depth on his i really want to know the mind frame of of an addict of course because i'm i'm not an addict i don't know really i'm well one person i know yeah but i don't really care to ask them Right, uh, but I would like to get in because he's open. I would love to know what what mm-hmm. was going through his head. Oh and yeah, like, for sure. Did he feel like maybe his family or his mom and dad being a drug addict kind of was like, mm-hmm. eh, well, you know, it wouldn't be so bad if I was too. It was like normal to him to see. Yeah, it was normal. It was normal, I think, but he knew it wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. and it he knew did he didn't want yeah. Eden to grow up in that environment because yeah. he that's how what he dealt with. 
you know. Are you gonna be alert like when your when your daughter grows she's up? She's not gonna get away with anything. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm saying. Oh, wait till, wait till these kids turn adults. I'm gonna bar these we, windows. I know how I used to sneak out. I know we what's going on. No, because we know everything. Yeah, there's there's peer pressure so much nowadays yeah. in schools. I mean, it's just crazy. Like I'm gonna be alert. Be no, I want son. her to know to not be scared to come to us. Yeah. So, you know, you tried weed. You need to come to me and talk to me about it because we need to go through the realization of what is super real. I want her to be able to make her own decisions, but I also want it to be not sugar-coated at all. Yeah. I want her to know the problems that exist yeah. because I feel like me and Justin, I've been through a little bit of everything, Yeah, you know? Oh, trust me. You I, know? I know how girls used to sneak out when I used to sneak out too. <laughs> they ain't getting out. What? Not this house. <laughs> and, the thing about, and the thing about marijuana, it might be illegal in like 10 years. Oh, for sure. Legal, legal. Legal. It might be legal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was illegal when we were young. Yeah. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be a normal thing for her. So how will you approach her that way? Yeah, you how know, can you uh, tell her something wrong yeah. when it's almost like this whole well country. that's the thing too i'm i don't think it's necessarily wrong you know i don't think i think weed is good and in, in med, like yeah. in medicinal, par, yeah, purposes. medicinal purposes See, they, yeah. i think that it like i can't say it's it's completely wrong i don't do it anymore but i think that yeah it's there for a good reason yeah but not recreationally right. and so i think we could discuss that i hope that we have a good enough relationship that we can be open and honest yeah. with each other about that but still she knows i'm a parent not a friend yeah. I, but yeah. i still want her right i don't i don't want to be that that parent that's like oh, i just want to be her best friend like i want her to also respect me and know that well your authority you know, matters but to. i also want yeah. her to be, feel comfortable to come with me to her with her problems you know yeah. so hopefully we won't have to cross that bridge anytime soon <laughs> Man, she's only two but um <laughs> but yeah no justin makes the joke all the time and he's like he's like let some mother mm -hmm, <laughs> come into the yard looking like me. He's like, you'll meet me with a shot as I'll meet him with a shotgun. I was like, Justin, what's that Bless say him. about me? Bless He's him. like that. You shouldn't have came around me. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's true. I don't want, I don't want my daughter bringing anybody that looks like me around here. Exactly. Not exactly. Not in my neighborhood. Yeah. That's Justin. He's ever. like some, he's like some dude with, he's like, with a beard and tattoos, thinking that he's going to take my daughter out, no chance. No, we're no. going out together. It's about <laughs> exactly. to be a family function. You just honk and don't even come knock I on the door. I already feel sorry for her, the boys that want to date her. <laughs> Rachel, thank sure. you so much no for coming. Problem. Yeah, thank uh, thanks for having me. With Rock and Rachel on uh, Podbean, and it'll be on their Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. Y'all follow them. I think you know what you're doing is great. So yeah. awesome. thank you so much for thank coming. Thank you out. so much. Oh my gosh, you might have to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Alright, alright, let's discuss it.